good? <laughs> oh, are we recording? No, I don't believe you. Hey, this is Curtis Ray, your wacky weatherman for ABC4 News. You're listening to KU Radio. This is Brent Hunsaker, ABC4 News. You're listening to KU Radio. Hi, I'm Kim Fisher with ABC4 Utah, and you're listening to KU Radio. I'm Wesley Ruff of ABC4 Sports. You're listening to KU Radio. Go Utes. I'm ABC4 Chief Meteorologist Jim Kosick. While you are not, there's still good news in your future. You're listening to KU. Matt Money Smith here from the Petros and Money Show saying a big what up Utes to all of you listening right now on KU Radio. You're listening to KU Radio's only podcast, OU Radio. And it hurts so good. This is Sasha Bloom, OU Radio. How's everyone doing? How are you, Patrick Ramirez? I'm great, man. I feel good. It's your last show here at OU Radio. I know. It sure is. Semester's ending. You have a show next week. But yeah, I'm going uh, going home to visit the folks next week, so I'm going to miss it. Yes, and next week is our last show, which is really a bummer because I came on the airways last week after having a meeting with our manager or director, and we kind of re-signed and we're supposed to be here, but then... Somebody from way high up in the University of Utah media said, get these boys out of here. So, so. you think it came from uh, up top, gave you the axe, huh? Oh, absolutely. Oh, really? Well, it, and it's not from content issues or because we're not getting numbers. It's um, they're really trying to stay with the students, you know, for students, by <laughs> students. <laughs> well, Boo-boo, yeah. okay, well, that's a legitimate point. I've <laughs> 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 been out of college for a good decade. Yeah, they offered me to, you know, stay on, just get a student to do the radio show with, you know, okay. so that at least there's some legitimacy. But I've done that, you know, I've been here for three years. It's time to move on. I, I have so many other creative outlets I want to do with this radio show, and censorship, frankly, is not one of them. Like, I'm... If I am not being paid to be clean, like, why would I want to be clean? True, true. Mm-hmm. So they hung it on that there wasn't a student. How? What if you had some suggestions for him? Like, what about someone who hangs around students? <laughs> <laughs> In a van. Yeah. <laughs> and that voice you hear is the tremendously funny Chris Dow. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for letting me come on. This is Yeah, thanks for joining. No, I'm very excited to have you, and you brought your guitar. I did. Indeed. Sweet. Chris, I've seen you You do stand-up and stuff. You and I started doing comedy around the same time, but uh, you, you have uh, so, some parody songs, too. You got a little third dimension to the act here. Yeah, well, someone call it the only dimension I have. So <laughs> You have a solid 1.5 dimension to you. Yeah, I know. It's pretty impressive. But, yeah, I've got a few. Well, I wouldn't call them parodies because they're original songs that are just uh, just stuff I do in my act. So you want to go ahead and launch into one? Yeah, but I have a couple of questions here for okay. you. Why a guitar? Why did you bring? Why do you bring that to a stage? 
Well, I spent, before I ever started doing stand-up, I spent my 20s in one hor. I was always a musician and I was always a performer. So I spent my 20s in one horrible band after another, and they were all, uh, you know, phenomenally unsuccessful. The only ones that made money were cover bands, which was very frustrating because I lived in a college town. Did you have any cool cover band names? Oh, <laughs> one, one of them was called Minimum Wage, I remember. <laughs> what did you guys cover? Which, or everything. Just anything that we thought people would like. And ironically, we probably made less than Minimum Wage if once you divide, mm. you know, divide something five ways. It did have a dual meaning. Yeah. And let's see. But so eventually I just started doing stand-up, but then eventually I just incorporated the music into it because it seemed natural. It seems like the more comedians I meet, you find that they have outlets in theater, in music, in drama, in writing. It's uh, Comedy seems like a great place for a creative person. Oh, yeah. I think, well, I mean, I don't know if you guys are religious or whatever, but I feel like whatever gifts I've been given by, whether you want to call it God or the universe or random Oprah. chance. Yeah, yeah, whatever gifts you've been given in your life. Of all the things I've been, whatever skills I have, stand-up is the one thing that utilizes more of them than anything else I've ever done. Uh, you know, I've had jobs that paid really well. Like I was in, you know, a call center job, which if you're a single guy, I, w- I worked for AOL for three years. It was fantastic money and fantastic benefits, but I hated it. And I thought, I'd rather starve to death doing something I love than, I know I wasn't put on earth to do this, and if I was, I'd, I'm going to kill myself. So you worked for AOL? I did. Do you know <laughs> yeah. how many uh, e- AOL emails are, are left, maybe, off the top of your head? I have no idea. I haven't worked for I'm them asking since, for like, a specific reason. <laughs> because um, I think I'm one of I think there's 18 I think I'm one of the 18 I still have an AOL email oh you do yeah just because it was I my knew, name and yeah I knew more people had had it than me I got I, I was too late for the Gmail bandwagon so like all the names or variations of my names had already been taken so I was like mm-hmm. I'll stick with this AOL yeah embarrassment until it becomes until it becomes really embarrassing I'll just hang in there uh, <laughs> yeah this, you're the third <laughs> one I know kind of myself okay so, so you have an AOL email address yeah too. I sure okay. do so you have to type into AOL.com and then go to the mail service there? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you go there and you click a little mailbox and then there's your mail. I mean, you can program your phone for it to pop on your phone. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, so how did they fail so miserably? Because That's always my question. When the Internet kind of first emerged, they were what Google is now. Yes. Yeah, sort they were the of. only game in town. They were like blockbuster video. <laughs> it's all you knew. Well, that's a you good analogy. went there yeah. and then it kind of faded away. It didn't keep up with the times. So yeah, I don't know. They, it it was, gets a lot of hate. Yeah, there was an internet bubble that was in the process of bursting. And I say this because I had a lot of stock options that I ended up having to sell for a fraction of what I had gotten them for. Because that that's one of the compensations is stock options sure. or whatever it's called. So I heartbreakingly had to sell, like, I don't know, thousands and thousands of dollars of stock that I had for, like, maybe a fifth of the price that I myself paid for them with, with you know, with a discount, which was just... So it was very painful. Yeah, Did they give awful. you a bunch of those little CDs as compensation? The hundred hours of <laughs> you know, I've still got some of my for every little event. Those. I've got AOL T-shirts, AOL key, all, all this stuff that employees get. I've got all that stuff, and I wonder if there's some a market. AOL swag. Yeah, yeah. AOL backpacks <laughs> and I, I would think the hipsters would want to go back to yeah. using AOL as to be a ironic. Yeah, we or, might be or, on the ground floor of something here then. Or CompuServe, yeah. CompuServe. Remember <laughs> Net, uh, Netscape was one. Uh, there was uh, Earthlink. Earthlink, that's what yeah. I'm talking about, too. All that stuff. God, it makes me feel Those were early days of the of the internet. Yeah, the stone tablet days. Yeah, where uh, internet was for typing in, like, about People Magazine and in chat rooms. I think those were the only sites that existed in the early internet days. <laughs> I remember sitting at the, like, the, um, the browser 
and not being able to think of what to type in. I was like, <laughs> yeah. well, what else is a website? Yeah, because you don't realize. I didn't, I, nothing was a website and Actually, yet. even back then, yeah, there wasn't all the stuff there is now. I remember seeing, I remember being aware of the internet in college. I'd walk past the computer lab in the library or whatever. There'd be all these chunky nerds kind of typing at these. Chunky nerds? Yeah, at these message board things. <laughs> they, they, they weren't even like websites. They were like, I don't know, I don't know if they were message boards or alt.net forum. I don't know what they were. Mm -hmm. But you'd see them reading stuff and just kind of <laughs> kind of chuckling at something that they read and then typing something back. And But, yeah, there was no websites. There was no, you know. Yeah, I remember chat rooms. Very few, like, things had websites, like businesses yeah. and channels had websites. So it was the Wild West of Internet. Okay, so I'm on eBay right now. Okay. And you can get a vintage AOL shirt for me, $15. I, I want to see, see if I have this one. Oh, I don't have that one. Damn it. <laughs> like a like a t-shirt? Yeah. I want to get an AOL like a jacket, the one that is like has like brown leather sleeves. Kind of like the Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> ones. I don't know. That would like be the like Holy Grail. A, had like a cool city underneath it that you'd never been to. It's like, all right, Cafe, Miami. You ever been to Miami, Pat? Never. But you wore it to eighth grade. I've got an AOL leather duffel bag. Oh, duffel bag. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's and, nice. Uh, that's I've got a bunch of employee, you know, one-year, two-year, three-year employee pins that, you know, there's probably a limited market for that. What would you do at AOL? Oh, I was on the phones. Well, for the first two-thirds of the time I was there, I was on the phones. Uh, one was, oh, what did I do? It's, it's kind of a blur that I've tried to block out because it was, it was horrible and very stressful. But uh, for at least probably I would say almost half the time I was there, I was in this password department. These idiot people forget their passwords. Mm -hmm. They call in, or they, they get spammed or something, and all their passwords get scrambled as a security measure. Then they have to call in and get, get them back. So it seems like the bulk of my time was helping people reset passwords and also walking them through when they get the disk and they can't figure out. It was the easiest thing in the world to use. It tripped over itself to be dumb-friendly. Mm -hmm. But still some people were like, uh, I'm having trouble with this. Yeah. So, a lot of cassette tapes being shoved into CD yeah, drives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was the bulk of what I did. So you were in bad bands and worked for AOL. Yeah, rich, rich life I had there. <laughs> Before we move on, uh, Patrick, you can get a denim shirt with an AOL insignia on the left breast pocket. Mm -hmm. Fifteen bucks. Those oh, were really? the like upper management guys. Those shirts. <laughs> oh yeah, denim yeah. shirt. That's up there that's with what, the. Uh, that's what Steve Case used to wear. Who was the, the main guy that kind of invented AOL? Oh, really? And now he's behind. Shirt. Now he's behind Rideshare or something. He's got some other. He's got his fingers in some other company now. Hmm. Denim shirt. Also, that was up there with uh, Looney Tunes uh, casual wear. Remember when kids would wear Looney Tunes polo shirts, and it was like hip for a second? <laughs> yes. I don't think I do remember. That might have passed. That must have been after my what time. Was that Hard Rock Cafe era, like early '90s, mid '90s? Okay. Where Looney Tunes was making a little push. Remember, a lot of people got. Uh, like Tasmanian devil tattoos and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, uh, really? Someone's out there right now with an AOL tattoo, I'm convinced. Oh, probably. Someone's got yeah. one that says AOL or dial-up. Well, it's got that triangle symbol that you could actually turn that into something yeah. else cool and like, oh, this is, no, this is not AOL. This is, uh, you know, the unity of the pyramid and blah, blah, blah. You, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I might have seen that one. <laughs> what, um, you and I started comedy around the same time. I would say more or less. Three years ago? Four? Uh, let's see. I, I, I started when I came here. This is the first place I've ever lived where I had access to a regular open mic. Mm -hmm. And when I first moved here, I lived literally a block from the trolley square room. So oh. that was, what year is it now? Everything's a blur. 2014 now. 
I want to say it was 10, fall of 11? 2011, maybe, mm-hmm. or spring. I don't know. Some, somewhere, somewhere around in there. What about you? When I, did you start? Um, let's see. 2010. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds about right. Late 2010. So did you live in a town that you wanted to do comedy and there wasn't an open mic? Where'd you live yeah. before here? Or, or, or sometimes I live in places where they're, their closest open mic was like two-hour drive away. Where was this you lived? The, let's see. Well, there was a time when I was in Oklahoma when the closest – I lived in Norman, and the closest open mic was Tulsa. So I'd make mm. a two-hour – well, I guess it turns out to be a four-hour round trip, uh, pay like six bucks in tolls and gas and all the – and then more in gas, but it was cheaper then, just to do – Five minutes, and then turn around and drive back. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, anybody from out of town? I am. Thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. i got <laughs> to leave now if I'm going to get home before midnight. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm going to cut this set short. So, yeah, then in South Carolina, I don't think there was any – I don't think it was any open mic anywhere. Yeah, I have to go to, like, coffee house and poetry open mics, which are – you know, those, those, are, those are okay. But if, and they'll respond like a comedy audience, but people that go to poetry readings, you know, a lot of the poets are good and creative, but the only emotion, especially if they're young, they seem capable of expressing is anger. I'm mm-hmm. angry about society and blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah. Like, hey, there's, other, there's like five other emotions, I think. If I was a poet, something, I don't know. I would, step number one, get a notebook. Step number two, get a scarf. <laughs> step number three, no step number three. That's what I would do. But for some reason, I'm like very stereotypical with the poet. Like seem very yeah. angst, very angsty. Well, you got to add the chain smoking. Oh, you got to smoke. Uh, You've got to go to the DI, get, smoke. Your, get your wardrobe down first. The coffee, mm-hmm. the temper tantrums. <laughs> yeah. And, and at any moment. Said, he's just so passionate. Yes, you got to brood. Really? He seems like he's a douche. You got to brood. At any moment, you got to be ready to throw down your notebook and say, I can't take this, and walk out. The inability of being able to communicate, even though you're a book writer. Right. And you're, <laughs> you're sharing. You just are completely Probably an emotional drain to society. Yeah. yeah, the poets. poet. <laughs> you guys are talking negative. Yeah. It. It's it's just more appealing to me now. It's a great art. <laughs> <laughs> so you really started comedy here? Yeah, well, yeah. I got serious about it here. I dilly dallied, kind of dabbled here and there before that. But what was your experience of it initially here? Oh, I think the comedy scene here is great. Actually, I'm I'm really, and it just keeps getting better. Actually, there's I think when I first started, there was only maybe two places to get stage time. A week now there's f- at least four and occasionally more than that uh but it's fantastic and i really genuinely like and respect pretty much everybody in the local scene everybody that's trying and doing their thing because uh, there's a lot of comics a lot of good comics a lot that are kind of a work in progress but mm-hmm. nobody's in competition because everybody's trying to be the best version of themselves and the best to reach their own specific potential as a comedian or whatever so it's not like people are really in competition for each other it's but it's a very cool very supportive scene i think it's great here that is true we have a lot of places that you have a great potential to cut your teeth here i think exactly. we have a big spectrum of good rooms mediocre rooms tough ones you and i i think yeah i'm pretty sure you're not as there used to be when they would have comedy at the complex uh, yes. that was a great one to really it was like a fear factor of comedy <laughs> that was uh, you just uh, try to see how long you could go yeah that was a character building exercise that was a tough one that was a tough one because uh it would start in a very very dark room yeah it would start late and if you weren't in the first 20 minutes... Yeah, 20, 30 minutes, we're good. Then everybody gets up and leaves spot. to go smoke. And we'll you're smoke. sitting there looking at seven people. Yep. And then if you were the last one, I mean, God bless your soul. I've, I have had to go on a, went up last there. I went up last and uh, there was, that, again, there was about seven people. There have been like 50. It was one of the better mm-hmm. nights. But by the time I went up, there was yep. seven. And actually, under the circumstances, I had a pretty good set. That's one of the few sets that I consider that was actually pretty good there. Of all the ones, maybe two or three were good. The rest of them were just nightmares that... 
you know, I was like, oh god, I should, I should. What if I should kill myself here or just go home and do it? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, I've had a few car ride car rides home like that. Yeah, where where you think that? Yeah, it was a, it was like going to the gym. You, you don't want to do it. You, yeah, exactly. You, you that's tough a, that's it a good out. analogy. Yeah, and you 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 tell yourself you're sort of better for it, but you don't know for sure. Also, that place to add insult to injury. I mean, some, sometimes some nights at Moe's are kind of like that, but it's not quite as bad. But to add insult to injury, the beer was really expensive there. Oh yeah, it was. was. It was kind of bar like, prices. Yeah, it was like, yeah. yeah, like a little cup of beer would be five bucks, and I'm like, ah. Yeah. Moe's, yeah, which is now the, sort of what Tuesday nights has turned into, is is almost at least it was for me the opposite of complex. Everyone's nice. Yeah, they like show you. Up. It's too easy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You're like, this is too easy. I mean, it's I like, appreciate it, but like sometimes, I mean, it's all comics, right. but you're not getting a true gauge. And I don't then, know. And then we turn into the vets at Moe's when new people come around, and they're like, this is so much fun. Like, you don't know about the old days when it was at the complex. People would die at that complex. And you'd have to sort of tell them, tell them the ways, the ways things were in the Wild West of the complex. Have they opened uh, open mic at Wise Guys downtown yet? Or? I don't know if that's the plan or not. I kind of think I know they haven't keep, yet, but yeah, I don't know. I if thought they were going to keep it at West Valley. That's what I have heard, too. But it would be cool if they could do two, if they could have like an open mic at West Valley on Wednesday and then like a showcase quasi open mic on Thursday of some of the people that have a little can do a little more time than mm-hmm. solid. That would be sweet. That would be a great we idea. It's such a cool somebody. location. I haven't been there yet to the new one. I've been to the outside of it. I haven't been inside. <laughs> they didn't let you in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been let in yet. <laughs> we don't allow you types. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I have a notebook. Like, you get outside. <laughs> get outside. Will you please validate my parking? So when did you start singing songs in your, in your oh, comedy gosh. sets? Uh, I don't even really know. Probably the first time. I mean, I I had some songs that I had before I moved here, but I don't I don't really I don't really know exactly. I should know these things. Life becomes a blur at some point. I'm older than you guys, I think. So yeah, oh, it's, a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a blur. Well, how about writing comedy in general? Your your process of putting thoughts to page how do you go about it are you a guy who creates it on stage do you like to write oh, everything Lord, out oh lord no 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 you, you you're know, a writer you guy. know me I'm, I'm meticulously i mean you're one of the local guys that are very prolific and i respect i mean you, you come out with new stuff every week and it's like wow that guy's prolific. go on <laughs> yeah right <laughs> no seriously and you're hitting you're hitting multiple open mics plus you're working a job and i was like ah oh, this guy's making me feel lazy i need to you know step up my game but i uh, mics are recording right <laughs> okay, i don't want to get that <laughs> no no, no you're one of the guys that, that i really appreciate your work ethic and you're hitting all the different no well thank open, you yeah so i'm not that uh, you're, you're just listening to that my own sentence that i just said about how hard you work kind of makes me tired <laughs> but i'm not quite that you know driven but my process is i'll think i'll think of an idea and it'll, it'll pop into my head as an almost fully formed ready to go comedic idea for the stage or there's a kind of a gem in there that I've got to kind of mine out and polish out and f- turn it into something that's going to work on stage. Mm-hmm. So then, like, lately what my process is is I'll – and I type out every syllable, every word, hand gesture, motions. You oh, know. really? Yeah, like it's almost, it's almost like a script. Yeah, yeah. I hate, to be, and I hate to admit that I'm – you know, if it seems spontaneous, that's good, but it's not because I'm a completely unnatural, mm-hmm. you know, person trying to seem like a human. But, uh, yeah, I, I type everything out, and then I try to – because the first draft of anything usually is too long. So I try to trim out words and syllables. How can I get to the same idea with less words before I get to the punchline? Mm-hmm. You know, and less words is a good good thing you learn yeah, after a few months. Yeah, when like people less start out, words. like they'll have okay, you've got one good joke, but it took a minute and a half for you to get there. You just need mm-hmm. to trim, trim your setups, buddy. And that every you're like that when you're starting out. I believe that for any comedic idea, there is one ultimate most effective way to express that, and your goal is always to figure out how to get it to that, you know, whittle down 
to that point. When I first moved here, I was really impressed with, I think, Jacob Lee and Andy. They were both, every, every joke they told was just exactly what it needed to be, nothing more, nothing mm-hmm. less, just stark. These are the words required to get this comedy idea to work and nothing more. Uh, yeah. It was almost to the point of just standing there and reciting stuff Stephen Wright like. Mm-hmm. They've since kind of, you know, they kind of, they're not quite that stark, but still, they were the, I thought they were the most efficient writers. And I was like, wow, those guys are just, yeah. there's no fat on those jokes. Exactly, yeah, 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 that's a good way of putting it. And, and who m- knew that those guys could write? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they may, I don't know, maybe they, yeah. Do you ever get a, on a, to a point on stage where you are able to riff or you, something kind of pops in your head? I'm just not, no, down? I'm too anxious. You're, and, you're more and of a preparer, I'm, I'm it too, sounds I'm like. too neurotic to, to ever be comfortable. And sometimes funny things will happen or pop out of my mouth on stage, but it's, I'm not comfortable going out on that limb, and if it mm-hmm. if it happens and it's funny, I'll usually oh I need to write that down and do that again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I I'm not good at that. Yeah, so you sound like a like a very very prepared guy. You oh, don't go yeah. in anything. Yeah, I'll rehearse my set like prepared. 20 times, uh-huh. like you know doing it, timing it, you know making it making it making sure I'm sticking to my time, making it shorter if I can, and. Yeah, like I'm preparing for it. Like it's a, as if it were important. Right. Do you do that in front of a mirror? Or yeah, usually for, yeah, as if I pretend like I'm, I run through it as if I'm actually doing it. And then I'll read it out loud. I'll look at the words. I'll figure out what needs to be tweaked. And actually, i got to say the rehearsing is part of my process because a lot of times saying it out loud, I'll think of a tag or something that'll pop into my head as I'm doing it. And I'm like, oh, I should put that in there. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of, but I'm not comfortable doing that on stage. Just like I rehearsing see. it out loud around the house as if I'm actually performing. And then sometimes some funny tags or additional angles or whatever will pop into my head. Mm-hmm. So are comics uh, good test takers generally in school? Because you, you have to have a great memory. Like, I don't have a great memory. I, I would imagine I would struggle memorizing 59 minutes of comedy. Like, That's a good point. I would assume so. Because I assume that most comics have it probably better verbal skills than average. <clears throat> and I asked that I asked Jacob Lee that once because Jacob Lee, his jokes were so disconnected from each other. I'm like, how do you memorize a long set? Because none of these things, I mean, most comics stuff flows somewhat conversationally and naturally from one thing to the next. But his was just one one-liner after another. And I was mm-hmm. like, how do you memorize a 30 minutes of that right. or he's, an hour? And he said, oh, well, to yeah, 55 jokes. He said, in my head, it's in, it's in chunks that do flow together logically for me. So I know that if I do these five jokes about this and then I go to the, you know, so it makes sense to him. Mm-hmm. I would say in my perspective, comics or maybe myself have an excellent, excellent memory about things I've said. <laughs> not a good memory of like school, not a good memory of names, not a good memory of anything of any importance. But if I've said it or it's my thought, I can remember that. So uh, I would say that's why you don't see a lot of pre-med comics going to stage. And you see a large number of comics throughout cinema history who have adapted to on-screen television or movie mm-hmm. or even theater flawlessly because they have such good memories. I think they do have a, a uh, maybe a talent for the theatric. Yeah, that too. Where they're, that they're telling too. a story and then they can sort of put it into, yeah, I, I would say but that's But you routinely true. hear comics, you know, if you listen to talk radio or podcasts who do movies and you know they, they're one take people they memorize their lines they take it as where these actors you know it's 15 20 25 times for retakes mm-hmm. hmm. the other thing maybe along the uh comic versus actor or television movie person a comic is more in the moment more what's happening right now what's in my head what's going on at this table Whereas in like the movie or like doing a take, that's very like prepared and not as I guess you would say organic. 
I would say that would probably trip at least me up to where, like, I don't feel like I would do this right unless I was, like, ranting off the top of my head. So if you guys get a heckler then, because especially you, Chris, how you talk about how you rehearse over and over again, if you start interjecting with a, a fan for two or three minutes, does that screw up your thinking? Does that screw up your memorization process? Uh, sometimes, but that has happened with me so rarely. Uh, not because I'm such an excellent comedian, but because people aren't paying that much attention, I think. So I don't think I've ever had... <laughs> Yeah, it's been maybe a few times in my entire life that you have to heckle them to get them to <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should. Like, <laughs> I don't want to wake you guys up. <laughs> Some of you guys have work tomorrow. For me, probably, probably the most frustrating thing, I don't know if this happens to you, Patrick, but I'll come up with some idea that I just think is really, like, it's funny to me. And I want so badly for it to work, but for some reason, I'll try it two or three times. It just dies every time, and I'm like... Oh, yeah. No matter how much I love this, I have to accept it's nobody else is buying it. I just got to put this on the show. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You always have that gem in your head. You're like, yeah. I know this can work. I don't know how it can work, but I know this can work. And you give it a shot. You're like, oh, let's see what happens. And it's just crickets. Just yeah. bomb. Yeah. That's and a frustrating it, thing. That's a bad one because you're know, like, do I need to rewrite this? Do I need to just keep it going? Or this is this just garbage? That's the thing. If, if I really wish, I mean, this can never happen. And that's what makes this a more challenging thing. Otherwise, everybody would do it. If audiences, when a joke doesn't work, if they would all raise their hands and say, hey, this didn't work for the following reason. Uh, that was a too obvious angle you took on that. We all That all popped into our heads before you said it, so we were already there. Or, you know, you refer to something too obscure that none of us know about it, so therefore mm. we didn't have the perspective to get it. But they don't tell you. You just have to guess. You have to mm. try it five more different ways or eventually just let it go. I've that had to, I've had to just like... would be interesting, though, if you told a joke and then you handed out, out a, some cards. And then you're like, all right, let's 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 go with over here this time. Did you find that joke funny, somewhat funny, not funny at all? <laughs> all right, how about you? That will be turning into your own little focus group. Or, or when the audience, audience, like, the joke, like, if a joke just either completely died or completely worked, that'd be great. What's frustrating is when, like, 55 to 60% of the people laugh, 40% don't. And you're like, eh, why did, what what's... What do I do with this? This, this like mm -hmm. this joke got a D grade, but it didn't completely fail. But it's right. not rocking. So what do you? I don't know. That's a frustrating. thing. The audiences too. are a hard one to put a pin on because it's it's a different audience every time, and you don't know what their mood is. You're, whether you're early, you're late in the show. So it's a tough one to really put a peg on. Like because we've heard it every time. We're like, oh, this audience is dumb. I never want to. Oh, I never want to. Young yeah. audience. This is an old audience. I never want to. I always think that there must like I'll have a bad set of like I'll think those thoughts. But then I'll see somebody else destroy the room, and I'm like, okay, it was possible to get a good response out of mm -hmm. these people. I just didn't do it. And I'll try right. to figure out how or why I wasn't able to reach them. Or, I don't know. Utah audiences are quite different for me. Before this, I was in Oklahoma and South Carolina. And yeah. those uh, audiences are a little more, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, Were I mean, you going to say self-employed? I wasn't <laughs> sure where you're going with that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm getting to use more three-syllable words here, which is nice. <laughs> So you're saying, if, if not to put words in your mouth, you want to dumb down the jokes for certain audiences. Sometimes. So not too much chemistry material, not too much uh, any complicated space-time continuum Above and material. beyond the, the wheel and fire, if you venture wheel out of those fire. safe areas of science, they're not, they're not too comfortable. You see him walking into the showroom. You get a look at him. He's tearing out the page. He's like, all right, let's go with uh, sticks and stone jokes this time. Let's go how to build a fire. It's my fire premise. <laughs> Steve Solberg's got some good jokes on working down south because he does it a lot with oh, really? going to Ragnar. And so he's got like this own dialect for doing his work down there because 
you know, every, it's all. I can see Steve doing that. Well, he does that accent in his thing about the cowboy and the chestnuts. <laughs> yeah, that that's right. I bet, he, I bet it turns into Steve at some point. <laughs> the voice isn't even an impression anymore. You ever like hang around a lot of people, whether it be like I'm from Texas or from the South, and you hang out for say a weekend or, t- or so. At the end of the weekend, you're using the word y'all. In like oh, common I grew up, context. I grew up using it. I try not to use that word. And you try. I've been that, around that, people, and I'll start using it. Well, here's the thing about me is I, uh, I tend to. I always try to over enunciate to cover up my hick accent. That I. That, that I, that's what I have. That's my baseline accent is hick. And <laughs> if, if I, if I have more than like three like or four it. beers, it slips out. Like one time we were at uh, the K Town show, and me and Chris, me, me and a couple of guys, I don't know, we were having a pitcher of beer, and after a while, Jackson said, man, you're talking funny. Why are you talking like It's like, oh, no, my accent is slipping out. Oh, it's bad like when hick. Jackson yeah. points yeah. something out. It's like, this isn't normal. <laughs> so I want to go to break uh, real quick. We'll play a couple commercials. When we get back, Chris, you'll uh, play guitar for us and okay. do all that. Uh, do you have a Twitter account, Facebook, anything where people can t- interact with you, follow I, you? I, yeah, I have a fa- I'm, I'm on Facebook. You can probably find me linked through this show maybe or something i'm not sure what my handle is but just chris dowell d-o-w-e-l-l i've also got a twitter account that i'm very very bad at keeping updated but i everything i put online on social media i try to make it at least interesting or amusing mildly amusing so i'm not just talking about my boring life you have any shows coming up or anything like that uh, the only scheduled non-open mic show. I've got a show coming up on the Air Force Base. Oh, I saw that. On, yeah, we'll talk January about 24th. That's going to be an interesting uh, show. Yeah, I have so, some questions about that. So I'm not <laughs> – <laughs> me too, actually. <laughs> uh, so just why – yeah, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's on January 24th. I think that's just for – I guess that's just for Air Force people, but that should be oh. fun. Is uh, Jay going up for that also? Or? Yeah, you'd think so, but no. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Patrick, where are you on Twitter? Any sh- I know you got a show coming up here in a couple days, don't you? Uh, yeah, but not confirmed. I gotta, in fact, I gotta call Jay <laughs> about this. Um, I'm on Twitter. Patrick in my head is my Twitter account. Have you found where Jay's doing his show yet? Has that been unveiled? Um, no, no confirmed. <laughs> no confirmed. In fact, I don't even know if Jay was talking to me when he <laughs> offered this show to me. Uh. I was looking about Eyeline, but it could have been someone else. I should talk to him. You really should. But let's say this show is going to happen in theory. It would be the 19th. It's some place that has hopefully four walls and a door and uh, maybe a place that will amplify your voice. I'm still rooting for Pioneer Park, sir. Okay, right, yeah. (laughs) Hey, it might happen. I might be free on the 19th, so we could go there and uh, do a tight uh, 14 and a half minutes about uh, recycling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. We'll be right back after this commercial break, and maybe we'll play a song, too. Thanks. We appreciate you. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah, I've got one. My one reason for donating plasma? To make sure that patients like my son have long, healthy lives. My reason? To help my family. It's something I can do to show I care about my community. There are millions of reasons to donate plasma. You only need one. Donate today by visiting Biomat, Plasma Care, or Talacris Plasma Resources, one of our Griffles companies. New donors can earn up to $360 this month, 630 West North Temple and 38 East 800 South, Salt Lake City. Odyssey Dance Theater does it again with its own version of the holiday classic, The Nutcracker. (laughs) 
From the makers of Thriller, ODT presents Redux Nutcracker with the original Tchaikovsky score reimagined and arranged in a pop hip-hop style. Imagine Clara as the young lady whose imagination is inspired by the technological advances of today. If you've been to one too many Nutcrackers, then this is the one you will want to see. Reimagined, updated, and a visual feast full of surprises. Go to odysseydance.com for tickets, discounts, and show information. And we're back. This is Sasha Bloom with OU Radio. Patrick Ramirez in studio. His final show. Yes. I'm bummed about that, sir. I know. It has been a pretty good uh, experience from a learning perspective and fun, though. I mean, you've been coming. It's a good pod. <laughs> you've been coming on this show for that's true. Geez, two years now. You, yeah, Steve Solberg, true. Andy Gold were really the guys that put us over with all the comics so I, yeah that's true that's true but you guys have done a good job giving us a, a stage or something to to riff and talk with folks on so everybody loves it every comic loves coming in and sort of talking about themselves and crazy experiences so <laughs> half of the thanks is to you guys well we certainly have appreciated it i know that becca and johnny were thrilled to do the show when they did it i know that you've had a good time so mm-hmm. oh for sure any word from uh becca do we know if she's Around, I don't know. Maybe Saint George. Maybe I'll call her next week on the show. Yeah, that's a good idea. Make sure she's still uh, going to going to work. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we got Chris Dahl in studio. Jordan Todd Brown supposed to be in at some point. Uh, Michelle Bodkin will be in at around eight o'clock to discuss the Utes. Talking Vegas Bowl. Yeah, she's from Rivals.com. So as always, go follow her. Uh, Chris, you're going to play some guitar for us, huh? Yes. I got a question before you start. Okay. We're listening to The Grateful Dead here underneath us, and I think Jerry Garcia is the greatest modern guitarist. Uh, who do you enjoy? As far as the greatest guitarist, or just what music? Let's do guitarist. Oh, I no Are offense. Are you a guitar music snob? Like you have mm. a specific favorite? No, I reason? think no? What, anything, when you use the word best... Automatically, whatever you say is going to be subjective. Sure. Uh, but no, I'm not really a snob. There's some stuff I... I don't know. Anything, any form of art, movies, music, or whatever, that you get the sense that it was produced for its own sake and that the creator would have made it, even if only he was the only one to ever enjoy it, I appreciate. Anything that seems to be produced for purely commercial... Like, some of the music today on the radio is like, this is a product. This is not right. anybody's artistic expression. Mm-hmm. This is to make money and sell and to have a video. Or, you know. Mm-hmm. So I can't stand that kind of stuff. But not to say that there's not there's plenty of good music out now too. Yeah, there's such a thing as good pop music, but you enjoy a different kind. I enjoy a little bit of everything actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's see, as far as the best guitarist though, I don't know. Are you gonna be one of these guitarists that names five names we've never heard of? <laughs> no, <laughs> but probably the best guitarist in the world is. Yeah, I know who Lightning Hopkins is. Uh, I, st- I mean, I listen to everything from Robert Johnson, which is in the thirties. Sure. Uh, up through all the different blues guys, Muddy Waters, mm-hmm. and then, then when rock and roll started, all the I was huge into Elvis. What'd you grow uh, up listening to? Oh, I lived in a small town, and the only radio stations we had were Top Forty Pop in the '80s, and like three different country stations. Did Howard it. Stern? No, there was this was <laughs> no this was, there was no nothing. So <laughs> I, I so I wasn't even exposed to classic rock until I was in my teens. Like, I was the only kid listening to Led Zeppelin when I was, you know, in high school. Good for like, you. Yeah. So, like, I had to inter- had to get into that world not by, you know, being exposed to it. I just had to kind of like, oh, this band is cool. Oh, well, this band is cool. Kind of one by one and then kind of digging deep and, you know, 
But yeah, all it was was top 40. So I'm very well versed and familiar with all the top 40 80s pop, which is actually I'm kind of nostalgic about some of that stuff. There's some catchy tunes. It's not all. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm yeah. I'm of the of the belief that like I'm aware these songs are bad, but I <laughs> yeah. listen to them in a point in your childhood or exactly. whatever that was happening, and you associate attachment to it. Yeah, so whenever you think of like, where you were movies, when you first heard it, yeah. movies can be like this too. But yeah, I am fully aware that I like a lot of bad songs, but I <laughs> yeah, like yeah. them. Yeah, me too. You know? I, it's kind of a guilty thing. Like I wouldn't admit it or put it on my top ten list. Yeah, yeah there's some really cheesy stuff that I like, but I, I don't like everything. I, I Okay, uh, in my room, my office that I work in, I've got three framed posters on the wall. One is Elvis, one is the Beatles' Abbey Road cover, and one is Charlie Chaplin. And those are the three influential artistic things that I thought worthy of framing in my office that I work in. But I like everything. The only, let's see, modern artist, I listened to, oh, what was her name? I listened to Ingrid Michaelson, because my wife also likes her. I saw her in concert here in Salt Lake. Uh, Gavin DeGraw, I really, really like. Uh, but again, those aren't really mainstream, super popular top 40 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gavin DeGraw's kind of a piano guy, but, he, you know. Right. Did you of... have a guitarist or band guy that you, like, idolized? Every musician, like, idolizes that one uh, superstar or at least somebody. You well, don't have anyone like that? I, well, I loved Elvis, and I, I wrote Elvis? my senior paper in high school about Elvis. Oh, really? So I love. I was a huge Elvis fan. Uh, but also I like, I really like Jimi Hendrix, too. I wouldn't put him in the. I wouldn't put him as one of the top guitarists, but for his time, at his time, he was definitely the. I mean, he was so far ahead of everything else. He ushered in a whole new era of just all this stuff that had never really been. They'd, they'd been kind of tepidly all the different guitars that were good then, like Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck. They were tepidly stepping towards those things and Jimmy Page, I guess. But he like. You like you, he, and you like that. You like that he was sort of like out there with it. Yeah. If you had a, a son or someone young who was getting into a guitar and you had to give him the top three guitarists, so he doesn't have a lot of music knowledge right now. He just sort of knows he likes music. Who would you, who would you say? Three guitarists. Okay, but if you're asking me to, if he's just starting to play guitar, something Say that's... the aliens land, and they're like, <laughs> what's up with this round thing you guys pluck strings on? And uh, you're like, you want to know something about guitar? Listen to blank. Who do you tell Gosh, him? man. Oh, Lord. I got Jerry Garcia, Dwayne Allman, and gee, I mean, you could go Lightning Hopkins, you could go Muddy Waters, you could go Peter All right. King. So you're going, yeah, you're going blues. You, you're picking some best of the best blues. Yeah, and then Jerry Garcia Guys. in there because that middle Garcia. missing middle finger of his just gave him such a speed and his ability to play what thirteen different Those are good guitars. Ones. Like he was phenomenal. Those are good picks. I would go, and then we'll hear yours, Chris, because I have a like rock background. I just grew up around rock. I probably would pick uh, Keith Richards. Okay. Say like rock. I probably would go. Um, I think obviously Jimi Hendrix, because that defines especially like um, American rock too in its inception. Um, I think the last one though. How do you leave George Harrison off that list? I would or I shouldn't. How can anybody? I mean, he's one of the. I like George well, Harrison. It, it, Here's the biggest problem with George Harrison is that he was in the Beatles. Yeah. And he's going to get overshadowed. So if you pick George Harrison, probably Eric Clapton is going to be in this somewhere. <laughs> If you like Cream or Zeppelin, Keith, Keith Moon would be in here. There's probably ten arguments for ten different people, but I would pick some some heavy classic rock guys. I think is where my mind goes mm-hmm. to it. Uh, you just invalidated your own argument by mentioning Keith Moon. <laughs> oh, did I pick the? Uh, I always get the names wrong. I want to say Robert Plant, right? Again? No, I don't want to say. <laughs> I Who do I want to say? I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Who, who's it? Jimmy I'm Page. To say? Jimmy Page is the guitarist. Jimmy Page. Sorry. Keith Moon is the drummer for the Who. 
Sorry. Yep. I knew it. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say. But me and him looked at each other like, oh, can we bleep that out? That's right. I knew but the microphone's not recording. Jimmy now. Page. I knew I was going to get some of that music. Right. He can't well, be on a top ten list. Can we say that about the Beatles though too? About Elvis. Listen, Riffs? it says in the it says in the Bible, which was written several years ago. Sure. There's nothing new under the sun. Which yeah. means right? everything is a regurgitation of an old idea in a new way. Says so, that in the Bible? There's nothing new <laughs> under the sun. Yeah, that's in I think I want to say Ephesians. Oh, really? it's a, yeah, it's it's one of those like wow, that's a chunk of wisdom I didn't expect. It's not preachy. Hmm. It's just like hey, there's in something the, uh, in the Bible where the guy's just complaining about everything. That sun could also <laughs> that sun could also be a metaphor for L and uh, the gods. So they're, they're, you can't take the Bible for what it, under, under especially the in English. That was in the, uh, Paul's letters to the uh, Mencians, I think, as it was. <laughs> to the Mencians, mm-hmm. right uh, after the good. Corinthians. So it's what in are there. your top three, Chris? Okay, I would. Uh, everything you've got, you guys mentioned has been good, but as far as giving the alien, because this is for the aliens. Yes, it's for the aliens. I would say for humanity. Uh, Andres Segovia. Oh, who's that? He's a classical guitarist. He's been dead for a long time, but he was a. Uh, he, either him or Christopher Parkening. I got to see Christopher, Christopher Parkening live. He's one of the best classical guitarists in the world. That's the covers one bass. I would say, just in terms of demonstrating what the instrument can do, and I would probably also put Stevie Ray Vaughan because I think oh, technically that's a good one. I think technically Stevie Ray Vaughan because he played cleaner, but I think he was probably again it was twenty years later, but he's probably better than Hendrix. But he, he encompasses so many different styles: jazz, blues. Uh, rock, all this stuff, mainly jazz and blues, but it's a weird fusion that's just pretty amazing. And then, uh, gosh, a third one? I don't know if I can think of a third one. Those two cover huge Those swaths are pretty broad of, picks, yeah. yeah. There's got to be something in the middle that's not so, I don't know, but those two probably just to, to demonstrate to the aliens what's possible we'll give with give a lot for the aliens to chew on to start. Yeah. Maybe and Blind Willie McTell, or one of those blind 12-string yeah, yeah. blues guys. I oh, didn't even get into Latin guys. guitarists either. That's true, oh, too. Oh, yeah, the... Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you got uh, yeah, Cooters. Oh, yeah. Rykuter. Slide guy, yeah. Santana's, you know, definitely mm. got to be in there. Joe Walsh, even. Joe Walsh? Joe Walsh is... Good picks. That yeah. Cougar, really good who's picks. the guy that does Vamos a la Playa? Uh, you mean Oye Como Va? Yeah. Uh, Santana? No, 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 no. Vamos oh, a la Playa about, is uh, by the Gypsy Kings. Who's their guitarist? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really, really, really amazing guitarists out there. Yeah, and it's weird because... If from country to country, the guitar evolves into a totally different instrument in and of itself. It's it's a beautiful machine. And I want to hear your guitar now, sir. Ah, We shouldn't have talked about brilliant guitars for 20 minutes before you had me play. Now I'm going to be like, oh, Sorry, sir. Everybody's going to tune out. We set the bar high here at OU Radio. (laughs) So if you had one song to play for the aliens before they annihilate us with their laser beams, what would it be, Chris? And uh, two, three, four, go ahead. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'll just... That's discussion out. Uh, <laughs> this first song I'll do is uh, I got stuck baby. I'll give you the setup. I got stuck babysitting a while back, my little nephew, and it was time for him to go to bed. He wanted to go to sleep because he'd been watching some scary movie. I think it was like Legally Blonde two or something. So he was like, "Ah, oh, the boogeyman's gonna get me." So I was like, "Oh, come on, he's he's probably not." And then he started crying, which I thought was pretty weak because, you know, he's like nineteen. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Pat, will you uh, get Michelle in here so that she can be entertained too? Yeah. She's sitting outside. Cool, bud. Should I um, wait until she comes in here? That works for me, sir. Okay. Okay, so he couldn't sleep, and so I sing him this lullaby to kind of calm him down. Go to sleep, it's all right. 
There's nothing for you to fear tonight Just close your eyes, relax and turn out the light Cause you're safe and sound in bed The monster's only in your head there's a million worse real things you should worry about instead. Global warming is increasing the war on terror we can't win. And when you learn the truth about Santa, Christmas will never be fun again. All the oil will soon be gone, there's no more gas for all our cars. And they'll just keep making more seasons of dancing with the stars. Art is dead while commercial mediocrity persists. Yeah, Kurt Cobain is gone, but Justin Bieber still exists. People hate you for your race or for your sexual preference. Don't start watching Lost cause the finale makes no sense You go to college but you won't find any job with most degrees Unless you major in engineering and you minor in Chinese You'll meet someone and won't be able to get them out of your head But the first time you get your heart broken you'll wish that you were dead And even if you do find love and get married of course You're less likely to be happy than to end up in divorce There'll be prostate problems, baldness, erectile dysfunction too They say it happens to every guy but actually it's just you You'll get old and be forgotten cause your children never phone Then you'll get sick and you'll get stuck in some depressing nursing home. We'll slowly get Alzheimer's as you grow shorter of breath. And the only thing that you'll have to look forward to is death. <laughs> so lay back and dry your tears. This stuff won't start to happen for at least two years. Close your eyes and forget about your dumbass childhood fears. And even if they crap about the boogeyman or two, he'll probably find himself a better-looking kid to kill than you. So pray the Lord your soul to keep counts of sheep, but mainly go the hell to sleep. <laughs> Very good, nice. sir. Great right. song. Thank you. That. Chris is available to babysit most nights too, by the way. It's a little extra on the weekends. That was awesome. I shouldn't be allowed to babysit. Did you really? Uh, <laughs> did you really have to uh, think of that song for uh, babysitting some kids? Uh, mm, not really. <laughs> I, I babysitted a few times. I've, I, I babysitted for like half a day at a time, but I never changed the diaper. Not because the kids weren't in diapers, just because I, I'm going to wait till your mom comes back. I'm going to get some duct tape and make this. I, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, but my, my nieces and nephews are all surly teenagers now. Do you uh, have a, uh, when someone, do you ever have this, when someone finds out you can play the guitar and they say, oh, you can play the guitar, can you play the song? Do you have a go-to song, a little riff to shut them up sort of thing? No. It's got to be annoying. By it, now, when people say that to you, right? Well, I usually don't tell people that I do anything. I don't tell people I do stand-up. <laughs> I don't tell people I play the guitar. I don't tell people anything. <laughs> because then always, that always leads to something exactly like that. Oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Or your comedian, hey, tell us something. What's you know. your best joke? Yeah. You ever got that one? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like... People uh, say I'm funny at the office. <laughs> yeah, it gets old. So, yeah, so you sort of avoid it altogether. Yeah, the, I like people not to know anything about me. Mm -hmm. Because that gives you the balance of power. I'm telling you my secrets. That gives you the balance of power because oh. especially if it's a, you're around somebody that they tell everything about themselves. And you're like, okay, I know all about you now. You don't know anything about me, so advantage dowel. So I think <laughs> this is... <laughs> I sound very sinister. I think this is, this is the difference between me and you. If I could play the guitar, I would have it in my trunk all the time. Really? Yeah, and I would be like, oh, this party's lame. And then I would bust out the guitar and be that guy? try and impress oh. everyone. I think I would. I think I, okay, that's. Okay, I think when I first started playing, I, don't know when I, was, how to play. I think I did. When I was a teenager, I think I did bring it all everywhere all the time and play it and annoy. That mm -hmm. really sucked, even worse than I do now. <laughs> so I think I did annoy, but it was like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Now, now. it's you're kind of over. Yeah. 
You hmm. play the piano, mandolin, anything else? Or? Actually, yeah, I play the piano. I play, uh, I've got four ukuleles that I play. I've got an accordion because I hate my neighbors. <laughs> uh, I've got, and let's say I played the trumpet in high school band, but I don't know. I, I probably could still play that. I don't know. Accordion's oh, yeah? pretty difficult to play, isn't it? Yes. I mean, the keyboard side's not that bad, but the bass side with the 120 buttons, that's pretty complicated. Where do you find an accordion? I bought mine on eBay. <laughs> really? Well, why did you even want to learn the accordion? I think it was, I was in Italy, and a guy came in with an accordion, this beggar gypsy type guy, and he played. Mm-hmm. So it was the first time I'd heard the accordion played that wasn't playing polka. And I was like, oh, this is actually a nice instrument when it's not playing polka. He was playing like some song from The Godfather or something. Oh, yeah, because we associate accordion with kind of cheesy. Yeah, the most annoying music that it's ever made, which is. <laughs> yeah. bom, 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 the, I'm yeah. sorry. So, yeah. I got confirmed to that music, by the way. Yeah, well. Yeah. I used to work in this factory with all these lot. people from Mexico, and the station, the radio was always on La Zeta. Mas Musica! <laughs> La Zeta. So everything was accordions and trumpets. It's just, anyway. Sorry, I didn't, that was But, re- you, but oh, you learned how to play it, and you had another appreciation for the accordion. Yeah, actually. Oh. Hearing it in a different context made me think, wow, that actually is a nice instrument. Well, let's uh, play one more uh, before we got to go to break. Okay. Here. Uh, what do you got here? Mind? Well, yeah, what do you mean to do? Got time for one more. Well, I've heard a few of your songs, and I always like you have a song specifically about the open mic okay. experience. Okay. If this is a show that people listen to and are interested in comedy, that will probably Yes, be. yes. So uh, <laughs> this is your, uh, I think it's, I don't know what you call it, but it's basically about going to an open mic and what you might see there. Yeah. All, all the open mics I've been to and all across the country I've lived, there's always this one recurring type of character that you see that shows up. It's always this. <laughs> no this, talent hack. Well, it's, it's this young kid, you can tell. <laughs> He's kind of by himself. You can tell that stand-up, it just means everything to him, but it's not quite coming together, but he's still, and he's high strength, but he's, he still shows up every every week. And they're kind of like the unsung heroes of open mic. So this is a song about Patrick Ramirez. That's right. And actually, it is inspired by a few very specific people. It's a tribute, people. I think is how it's called, around the scene, in homage. Uh, <laughs> it is specifically inspired by a couple of local people, which yes. I'm not going to mention their names, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, so like people who have been to open mics around town can probably listen to this, and they can probably oh, put a few bases so so. to, yeah. to the names. Yeah, I love this song. All right, Because yeah, it's, yeah, it's brutal, because you have a certain amount of time, and then it cuts you off. So anyway, here, here we go. He's the lonely open micer. Every week he takes the stage. He's working out his issues through comedy because inside he's filled with rage. gets <laughs> <laughs> a laugh. The crowds all hate him. He keeps coming back anyway. But he's gonna snap and kill us all someday. <laughs> Masturbation, abortion, rape joke, and the audience stares in shock. <laughs> the same crowd will be howling when he comes back in with his clock. Because the comics all scoffed him, the MC mocked him, and they said he'd never be a star. But if you think him bombing on stage was bad, just wait until he bombs your car. <laughs> There'll be pools of blood and piles of bodies in the comedy club blown to shreds. All because the world's most high-strung open micer forgot to take his meds. Police interrogate him, he's gonna make a full confession. Those bastards had to die because they didn't like my walking impression. <laughs> they'll charge him with multiple homicide, but that wasn't even his worst crime. Instead, he finally got the chance to kill on stage, but he still went over his time. <laughs> Next time let's all be a little bit nicer when a comic doesn't do that well. Because he might pull out a gun and blow us all to hell. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I love that song. Ah, thank you. Oh, that should be uh, Jackson Banks walking music. <laughs> you know, it's funny you, you play the yeah that one riff that's like he's the guy that's gonna like blow us all to hell. Is it bad if like I have three different faces that come into my head? I've only got two. You who's, your third, who's your third? Because I think we know who the first two are. That's right. That's right. I have. A Tell third. me the initials. My initials uh, are, C B R, D M, and then those you know who those people are. Uh, Dude, I'm not sure on the DM it's like, one. Okay, the DM is, uh, man, it's all right, man. <laughs> Imagine I have, yeah, all right. Okay, I, okay, I, you know I think I got See, it. See, that's a little too inside, guys. You got to yes, share that's, with that's our very audience very inside, well, yeah. Well, lawsuit, we don't want him to sue us or kill us. <laughs> hey, I don't mind. <laughs> you should have heard last week. This is Patrick's last uh, show anyway. Uh, we can both CC be killed. CC Chambers <laughs> filed a cease and desist <laughs> on Andy Gold. A CC and desist. <laughs> 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 oh, and uh, the other one is I've seen you do that song that hits every textbook open mic or stereotype, and then I've seen the exact guy that you're describing have to follow you <laughs> and go up there and be uh, like, hey, I hate my parents, right? Y'all hate, y'all hate a subway, right? And he has no punchlines. Yeah, that guy, he looks like an Ewok. <laughs> he looks like a cross between an Ewok and, well, another person that I won't name. <laughs> anyway, but who's your third? You said you have three. I have this dude, I won't say his name because he says hi to me, he's real nice to me every week. Uh, he has an accent, and his name is sounds like a regular name, except it's missing an R in Oh, it. I know who that is. You know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, he talks like Woody Harrelson. <laughs> he sounds like Woody Harrelson, true detective, man. Yeah. Yes, I know exactly does. who you're talking about. Yes. He's actually a nice guy. So do you have a he's YouTube a nice guy. page or anything where these songs can be heard? Uh, you I should. I think I may. I've got some of the videos on my Facebook page, but I don't know if okay. they're public. And so if they just go to Chris Dow, D-O-W-E-L-L, they'll find you? Yeah, look me up on Facebook. Send me a friend request. I'd be happy to. I need all the help I can get. (laughs) Beautiful. And then, uh, Patrick, maybe a show on the 19th. Maybe. Maybe. Let's uh, So check your Facebook page, your Twitter page. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Beautiful. So we're going to go to break right now. I really appreciate you, Chris, for coming in studio. Your music's fantastic. No problem. Thank you for having me. You're a funny man. I look forward to seeing you down the road on a stage near you. And then uh, when we get back, Michelle Bodkin will be in studio. She's, of course, uh, a Rivals girl. She's going to break down Utah football game. And then we got Jordan Todd Brown coming in towards the last half of the hour, and I think he'll probably hang over with uh, Jackson Banks. So with that, I appreciate all of you, and we'll be right back. Salads, quesadillas, burritos, and ta- Yep. Made with always fresh, never frozen, all-natural, hormone and antibiotic-free chicken, slow-roasted pork carnitas, and grass-fed Angus steak. Add to that your choice of over 30 freshly prepared roasted vegetables and 10 varieties of salsa, including fresh-cut corn cob. If that sounds like what you're craving, head down to Freebird's World Burrito. Great-tasting Tex-Mex, made fresh on the spot from only high-quality meats and produce. Four different choices of tortillas, including the spicy cayenne and 100% whole wheat, as well as corn tortillas for great gluten-free taco. Vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free? If you're hungry and you want healthy, visit Freebird World Burrito at their new location in Sugar House on 1300 East, in Taylorsville on Redwood Road, West Valley at 5600 West, Kimball Junction, or in Sandy's by Shields. Warning, don't go in asking for a squirt or tear, they'll look at you funny. So you're a student. What do you get from being a member of University Credit Union? Oh, convenience. Yeah, they have four locations on campus. Oh, and 15 ATMs. They're like everywhere. Oh, yeah. Awesome student packages. Oh, great, with no fees and no minimum balance. Yeah, do you get an instant debit card? The yeah. people that work there are so nice. Yeah. And the coolest thing about the University Credit Union is they're as red as I am. Visit one of our branches or go to student.ucreditu.com. University Credit Union. Local to Utah, loyal to you. Federally insured by NCUA. I do comedy to feed my narcissism. 
I do comedy because my therapist is suing me. I do comedy because rainbows are my favorite color. I do comedy because otherwise it would be a sausage fest. I do comedy to win the hearts of strange women. I do comedy because my mom is dead and I can't disappoint her anymore. I do comedy because it's good old-fashioned American fun. Why do you do comedy? U of U open mic, Monday, 7.30 p.m. at the Union Theater. Be there. Song. Sorry, people, for having you to listen to that song. That song wasn't bad. Stevie, you don't like that song? Steve Miller Band? No, I can't stand him. You know, I see, but you know what? Let me ask you about this. If I showed you Steve Miller in a lineup, would you know what he looks like? Nope. Me neither. I don't think anybody <laughs> knows what he looks like. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. One of the great guitar players, good band, lots of hits. Nobody knows what it looks like. I disagree with both of those statements, sir. <laughs> oh, you can't say he doesn't have some hits. You can't say he hasn't had success. Oh, I certainly could because I don't that's know what I mean. any of them. <laughs> well, you knew that song. That song's in your computer. No, that's on Dad. That oh, has nothing to do with one. me. Right. <laughs> I like that song. Michelle, how are you? I am good. How are you guys? Good. You look very beautiful today. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, my dad made the same comment. Uh, it's a very rare occasion that I ever wear a dress. So. Oh, yeah. oh, that's what my dad was. told me the same thing this morning. <laughs> He's like, why are you in a dress? And I was like, who let you in my apartment? <laughs> but you do look very nice. Thanks for coming. <laughs> And then he said, take these Steve Miller albums and get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, since we got off to an awkward start, okay. Get the tranny joke right out of the way here. (laughs) What are you guys talking about? Seriously, why are you guys laughing right now? So, any breaking news on the Utah men's football team? Anything going on with recruiting? Um, have you heard of any swag that they're getting from the bowl this year? Ooh, bowl swag? Yeah, bowl swag. Ooh, what goes on bowl there? Bowl swag. <laughs> oh, were so, you very happy that they didn't get the Sun Bowl? I'm sure you were a little, little rooting for that. Throw I it in am Pat's happy because you know what? Honestly, a little more convenient for me to drive down to Vegas than it is to fly to El Paso. Oh, Vegas, you're going. Sorry. Not bad. I am going. Vegas is easy. I am going. I leave Friday morning. You bring All in right, a team of you. friends or by yourself? Uh, my crazy family is <laughs> traveling down with me. <laughs> six six hours in a car together. Woohoo! Oh, driving, all right. <laughs> should live tweet that drive. Oh, don't think I won't. Yeah. Are you the family that's like going to decorate the car with Ute gear and has a little flags out of it? I, I think, I think, my, I think, yeah, I are think my parents will. Yes. You guys are hardcore fans. Oh, you yeah. should be at the bowl then. You know, got a rep. Are you going to go to the men's basketball game after? You got to do double head it. 
I wanted to so bad. My family didn't want to pay the ticket prices for <laughs> basketball, so I'm not going. I'm going to find you, a bar and Wait a go. minute. You, you tell mm-hmm. me you can't get a ticket to watch UNLV for more than five bucks? Everything we saw was expensive. So Really? Yeah. It's going to sell out, right? Huh? It was like 80 bucks. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, for, that's high. For a, I thought you were going to say 50. A uh, high school, college basketball team? Because they are like a high school team. They're, they're not even a Pac-12 team. They're going to get destroyed. They're going to get decimated. 80 bucks? So, yes, I I just figured, you know what? I will go find a bar. I will have myself a drink. (laughs) And I I will watch the men's hoops. (laughs) In in youth gear? Going to wear the, you be the girl who wears the youth gear to the bar? Uh, I don't think so because I am working. So gotta gotta keep it neutral. Gotta keep keep it professional while I'm down there. So all right, I I may be wearing red, but it's not you red. I see. That's a good way to stay (laughs) neutral. I know, right? For the game, are you? Do you have a press pass, or are you? I I do have a press pass. I actually am working the bowl game. Uh huh. So that's exciting. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. First bowl game experience. I'm excited. You've never been to a bowl game before? I've never been to a oh. bowl game before. So. All right. There's and I've actually never there. worked we in a We actually have a lot either, of so. uh, football players who've never been to a bowl game on this team. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of players that this is and their first coaches. bowl experience. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be an exciting, fun time. You can already tell that those guys are excited. If you follow any of their Twitter accounts, you can see them trekking on down to – Las Vegas and, you know, cool. ha- having some mischief- mischievous fun along the way. In so. Vegas? Well, I <laughs> never. What? Well, uh, <laughs> let's go back to the this, this swag thing. Okay. What, what kind of what kind of stuff are we talking here? So, so this is like items that like the bowl committee gives the teams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my understanding of it, I was there when they were like making their selections of the things that they wanted. Uh, on their Thursday, demands. their demands, yes. Um, and the guys were coming out and telling a bunch of us media people, you know, what was there to be had, and it was things like Dre Beats headphones, uh, oh, yeah. which I love mine, so that's a great choice. Uh, I just want to put them around my neck. <laughs> Dennis <laughs> Dennis Erickson said that there's like a or that there was a remote controlled helicopter that he was getting for his grandson. What else? Oh, the armchair. The, the like, lazy boy armchair was... How do you take that back? Yeah, what, a chair? <laughs> I don't know, but apparently it has two drink holders. So, yeah, pretty dang deluxe. <laughs> wow, real deal. Las so, I, I mean, there was some good stuff to be had. A lot of them, a lot of the bowls around the country will get PlayStations or mm-hmm. Xboxes. Red Bull TVs. usually throws stuff in there. Yeah. It, it's a good gig. And then you get a ring if you win usually, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. A ring and, of course, a trophy to go display in yeah. that magnificent facility that they have just down the street. So. And then you get to go to all the strip joints as a player. Like. Woohoo! <laughs> girls, 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 girls! Yeah. I will say, <laughs> as far as the strip joints, you don't have to get into a bowl to go to them. You can just go in. I was going to say, you know I what? This that is just somewhere. so convenient, though. So. I read that somewhere in the, uh, in the uh, city. So, bullshit. yeah, if that happens to be their thing, uh, readily available. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've heard. Were you as disappointed as I was when you found out that we're playing Colorado State? You know what? No. From the standpoint, they're actually a better team than people give credit, give them credit for. I, 
unfortunately, that Mountain West title, that's that's where people are getting stuck. But, I mean, this team is 10-2. and two. Well, So one of the great excitements wow. for me when the Utes went to the Pac-12 was I never had to watch Air Force and Wyoming again on television. And my feeling was the same with Colorado State. It's like I'd seen them every year for right. nine or ten years. I have to say it's not the most original matchup right. per se and I can understand the disappointment there but I think it's going to be a good game I mean these guys have a good offense they can mm-hmm. put up points they've held most opponents to 30 points or under this season you know the and coach has a lot of national respect I mean I don't know if he actually went but Florida yeah through the, tried to get get him they don't have a coach for this okay, bowl so game he he's go. gone okay. he's oh gone. wow yep and that so, was a $7 million a buyout, move. too, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. It was a lot of money. So, I mean, you know, they Those have a lot of good walk. things going for them. And if Utah's not careful, I think Colorado could easily beat them. So. Oh, really? This is the first argument I've heard that this is going to be a, a tough game. I think because, like you said, people mm. saw the Mountain West thing. And they you didn't know, give them a lot of, a it's lot been of kind of annoying because I feel like Ute fans have been so quick to forget that they were once Colorado State. And people would be like, ah, it's just a Mountain West team. You know, we'll spank them from one side of the field to the other and back again. And it ultimately ended up being Utah doing the smacking most of the time. So, you know, be careful. Be careful because Colorado's proven that they are a good team. It's a good cautionary tale. they're going to be out to prove, you know, one more time against a Pac-12 school that they Mm -hmm. are good. Okay, so... I pulled up their schedule. They played no ranked opponents this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat the University of Colorado in their first game. Mm-hmm. They lost to Boise State, mm-hmm. uh, 24-37. Boise State's a good team. Yeah, Boise they, State's a respectable team. Yeah. Uh, they beat UC Davis, Boston College. Is that the same Boston College that beat USC? Yes. Okay, so that's a good win. Uh, Tulsa they beat, Nevada, Utah State, 16-13. Utah State, I saw them live. I wasn't impressed by them. I thought they were a very small team. Their their linebacking brothers are very good. Um, they are a very small team, but you know what? They had to deal with a lot of injuries, and they ultimately ended up doing quite well considering that they're down to their fourth-string quarterback and their uh, one of their defensive stars, Fackrell, has been out all season. They've managed to put some pieces together and have a decent season. So okay. that was a pretty quality win, I would say. Uh, Wyoming, they beat San Jose State, who I saw against Utah State. They were horrendous. They got blown out by Utah State, and they beat them 38-31. Hawaii, you know, they put almost 50 on them. New Mexico, Mexico they beat. They lost to Air Force, and now they play Utah. I don't see this being much of a game for Utah, just based on their schedule. I don't know, because Utah's had offensive problems, and – Again, I hate beating up on the kid because he obviously hears it. He obviously knows it. Everybody knows it. But he's been up and down, Travis Wilson. And if Travis is having a really, really down day, (laughs) it could be tough. It could get really (laughs) ugly really quick. Yeah. A long day for Mr. Booker. And Utah seems to play close games. And Utah does tend to play close games. The other part of it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this game looks like an easy win on, on the paper, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like they should they should uh, sleep on this team. No, this team doesn't Definitely look like they're all not. that 
all that bad. You know, defense we'll is a little bit banged up, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they deal with. What's the injury Oh, report? yeah. Just, Injuries. you know, they had, I know that Nate Orchard was beat up a little bit during that Colorado game. I don't, he's, I've seen him around since. He seems fine. They've been missing, um, oh, my goodness. That was not a great time to brain fart on no, someone's okay. name. So, but, I'm, I mean, there's been some key pieces. Johnny Paul's out, you know, and he was a big cog to what they were doing. Tevin Carter's been gone, but he's been gone for a while. Are there left end? Yeah. The left end is the one that I've just totally lost his Riley? name. No. no. No, that was last year. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can see his face, too. I'm so embarrassed, and I'm so sorry. He's crushed right now. <laughs> I know. Well, whatever he was going to give you from the swag bag here, is out. So. I know. <laughs> wait, right? wait, wait for Patrick and I to pick you up. We apologize. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we have you in, because we're not a sports show, but we're trying to learn about right. this game called football. Right. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> any recruiting news? I heard that there was a four-star guy that Utah – was down with like UCLA and a couple other teams. He was supposed to announce it on Twitter on Monday, and then I forgot his name. And I didn't check on it. Oh, goodness. I honestly am not sure. I don't do the recruiting end of it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they had a decommit this week, but it sounds like it's an okay decommit that it makes room for other people that they're a little more keen on at this point in time. My basic understanding from just kind of watching the board is that things are kind of coming together really nicely for Utah. They're getting some of the guys that they definitely want. Big news, I think, since I've been here was Chase Hansen coming home from his mission. He's going to be, you know, ready to go for spring ball um, and quite possibly competing for the starting job at quarterback, which I think will be interesting. I think will be interesting. Competition there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had heard rumblings, probably by talking radio head guys, that quarterbacks were looking. No, Whittingham in the Tribune had said he expected for several quarterbacks to transfer. It wouldn't be shocking to me. When um, does that happen? When? And well, probably is, shortly after the bowl game. I think some guys maybe, and I don't know because I haven't talked to them. Yeah. You know, I don't know what what their feelings are, but is Travis Wilson on that list or could be? Could be. I I honestly I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it honestly would make sense to me if he maybe transferred because I don't foresee him based off of how things went this year. And I mean, granted. Not everything was his fault, but there were a lot of things lacking on his part, I would have to say. And, you know, it, I, I just I don't foresee him earning the starting spot again, honestly. He's so, had a tough year just he's had as a, a really person. <laughs> he's had to take a lot. Year, yeah. Tough year between crazy weird head injuries, you know. Getting pulled uh, at one game. The, the beer incident before fall camp kicked off i mean you know it's tough it's tough and i don't blame him at all that's a lot for someone that's 20 years old almost 21 years old to be dealing with and most of us you know we're lucky enough to deal with some of those things out of the public eye so Mm -hmm. tough deal yeah it'll be interesting tough deal for him yeah how he sort of like regroups to it but on the other end of it. Utah had a couple uh, good um, 
recognitions for a couple of players this last week. Punter yes. and uh, Nate Orchard. What did he win? Nate Orchard won some. Nate Orchard award. won two different awards. Uh, the first one's the Morris Award or Morris Trophy yep. that he got ah. just today. Last week. I just lost the name of that award too, but yeah, I mean, was, basically recognized as the best, the best defensive, defensive player, player in I the think nation. It's a tag I saw, yeah, uh-huh. that's pretty um, awesome. You know, and then Tom Hackett gets the Ray Guy Award. Uh, Orchard. Cool. Let's see. Oh yes, I was afraid that they'd give it to the Bama kid because SEC, but uh, yeah. I, I think they got that one absolutely one hundred percent right. Yeah, it's a um, hard stat. That's going to be a first round pick, Hackett. He could be. Could be. Uh, he could the hard be. part is you can't punt like that in the NFL. Yeah, you can. You can. No, no, no. You can't line up like that because you can't. I asked this question, was you can't release your your uh, linemen early like they do in college. That's why the NFL punts in that um, formation. Um. I learned this from uh, Chris Cluey mm. because that exact question okay. was asked. That's why And, you know, honestly, NFL. the NFL effective. is very, very picky about taking kickers. In Definitely. Mm-hmm. A, Basically, if you can't do everything, you're probably not going to get drafted. And that's what happened to Louis Sakota. He could only do two of three things. He's still kicking in Canada, though, isn't he? I'm not sure because, you know what, honestly, he was still around after he had graduated. I'd see him around campus all the time while I was still going to school. So I don't know if the Canadian League lasted all that long for him. He sure was popular on this stage. He was. And oddly enough, now now we have Phillips and Hackett. And, I mean, they're easily two of the most popular guys on the team. People mm-hmm. love them. And it, that's so unusual for kickers and punters to have that he kind of rock star status. That is kind of weird. Yeah, the kicker can be a popular guy. It's a hard stat. There's no way you can ever make a stat for it. But he definitely kept them in many, many games. With the field position, mm-hmm. giving the defense a, a chance, and giving the offense some time to regroup. I don't know how you sort of put it to numbers, but he was pretty integral, as much as a punter can be, to an offense or to a whole team. So mm-hmm. I was happy that he got that award because I definitely thought he was deserving. I Yeah, deserving he it. earned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he earned it. He got the offense out of many a pickle. <laughs> yeah. I saw a video, maybe it was from your feed. Um, I saw he was kicking a ball like from the stands or from like the sideline, and he was like hitting goalposts. Uh huh. Yes. From it. Kickers always do the coolest tricks with the football. I think it's just like they have a lot of time on the sideline, or there's only <laughs> I, so much practice you, know, you can do. I watch them on the sideline all the time, cool and they tricks. are they're constantly like goofing around with stuff, and I yeah I I. I think they have a lot of time on their hands to <laughs> figure out how to do some of that kind of stuff. Yeah, like he was like the video, if I were to describe it, he was about on the five-yard line, but on the sideline mm-hmm. of the five-yard, and he's kicking the ball at the goalpost and hitting the upright mm-hmm. to it. It's such a cool thing to do. It's one of the things you see him like, oh, this isn't going to happen, and he just nails the post. And, what's and you his, have like three of them up there. What's his hashtag, kickers are people too, or punters <laughs> are people too? His is punters are people too. Andy <laughs> Phillips does kickers are people too. I like it. A little yes. kicker solidarity. Yes. <laughs> the brotherhood. Brother man. I like that. What's it say about a football team when your kicker is probably the best athlete on your team? He's a world-class Olympian athlete. Who? Phillips? Yeah. I, you know, I... I would say that's going to be a hard argument for him to make to the team. No. But <laughs> I hear you. You can't, I hear you you can't shame him as right. the kicker because he's an Olympian. Right. Yeah. Something that yeah. no one on the 
it's a in this campus points. will probably get maybe a couple of gymnasts, but you know he he's like on. If you're talking about the epitome the of an athlete, mm-hmm. it's him. Yeah, you know he he already had maybe a little bit of the badass status uh, just from <laughs> just from. You know, because, I mean, kickers and punters and special teams people in general just kind of get a bad rap. Yeah, they get the second-class citizenship. Exactly. And the funny thing is, like I said, here at Utah, they're all rock stars. Like, people love special teams (laughs) around here. And they're just as much a part of the team as everybody else. So it's just... So I think that maybe helped cement him <laughs> to get started because, I mean, he was unknown. He had never done this before. And then, you know, going out his first his first game last year and hitting every kick, yeah. I, I mean. Hackett's an interesting one, too, because he's a professional rugby player. He watches TV and goes, I'm going to fly to America and become a football player. Mm-hmm. Like, without ever playing the game, that takes – is that what happened? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's so crazy. On his own yeah. time. What what he kind of explained to me is that in Australia, there's like, they have Aussie rules football. And that's where he learned to kick the ball the way that he does. That means he's a mm-hmm. bastard because he is a, because they no pads, no pads, no helmets. You're tackling guys that are huge. <laughs> but, um, but he said that, like, it's now gone to a point where, Kids don't qualify for university in Australia because a lot of the the like regulations are a lot stricter than they are here in the U.S. They train these guys to punt the ball for U.S. football teams and then send out recruiting film to U.S. schools. So I mean, it's like kind of becoming a business now. That's a smart. And move, so though. that's yeah. that's how he ended up getting involved and in getting. Getting to Utah uh, was basically through this training, was my understanding of it. And, yeah, he's he's turned into a rock star. Yeah, it's worked out pretty good. He's kind of making, I think, bringing a lot of attention to the fact that there is this talent pool someplace else. And I think you're going to start seeing a lot more kickers coming from there. Ohio State, Urban Meyer. Yeah. His kicker's from Australia and can do well, kind he, of the same thing. You know, so. Urban Meyer is a follower. You know, anything Utah does, he tries to do better, you know. Uh, well, I mean, he kind of started the trend here in a lot <laughs> sure, of ways. So, yeah. you know what? If you kind of laid the cement. Exactly. So, you know what? If you want to yeah. go back and steal some ideas, I say you go for it. What is it with <laughs> Australians and kicking things, just in general? There was a punter <laughs> like 10 years ago who started this, and he played for the Chargers. I'm going to think of his name in a minute. But he would just boom the heck out of the ball. And now, like, it's like a thing. They're like, train how to be a, the punter mm-hmm. in this sort of different style and get a scholarship. And not only get a scholarship for this guy, win punter of the year Yeah. to it. So... Pretty cool that, like, very specific training. If you told a kid, all right, here's what you're going to do, kid. You're going to train. You're going to be in the uh, – you're going to train in football. You're going to really get a football. Oh, yeah, what position? Kicker. You would throw that guy right out of the room. You're like, kicker? Be like, but they did it. They went super specific. Right. And this is, a, like, a real talent to them. So they up the punting game. Pretty cool. So very I want to cool. go to break here in a second. I want I want some predictions here for the bowl game okay. uh, this Saturday. What do you got, Michelle? I – Despite the fact that I'm a little bit worried in a way, I think Utah will take care of business. I think they know that this is important because this this is the first time that they've been in the bowl scene for two years, and it means a lot to them. 
with that said, I think it's going to be another annoying nail-biting type game where you're wondering why, 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 why is it even coming to this? I am going to say 34-31 for Utah. Oh, so you like Colorado State to put up some points. They've done it all season. They've put up points all season. I expect nothing less. But not against the top 25 defensive teams. Right, the thing is, I say. foresee Utah's offense struggling enough that defense gets tired and maybe gives up some points. <laughs> Patrick, because that's right. happened all season. <laughs> <laughs> right. Patrick, where do you right. see the game at? Well, I think it starts with running game. I think this is too much for Colorado State to handle. Top twenty-five team, super good running team. So I think right back we can afford a little bit of a slow start to the offense. So I, I'm going to say something like a uh, a, a twenty-eight ten. I think this game gets out of hand at the fourth quarter in in Utah's favor. Yeah, I've got twenty eight seventeen, so okay. should be a good so win. Hopefully, they do good in recruiting this year. But let's go to break. When we get back, we're gonna have Michelle. You gonna stay in? Sure. Why not? Nice. <laughs> and for any of you who don't know him, we've got a great comic coming in named Jordan Todd Brown. But he's also he does plays. He's an actor. He's Got, he's one of those naturally high-energy people, so should be off the wall. So we appreciate you as always, and when we get back, we're going to laugh. Hi, this is Randall Carlisle from ABC4 Utah. All Ute Radio will be right back after this. And we're back. Michelle, thank you for staying over. Um, I hope our football break doesn't get tossed away. Oh, you're off mic. Why are you off mic? Get on mic. Grab that one there. There we go. Jordan Todd Brown, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so tickled to have you in the studio. I've been trying to get you in for a long time. Yeah, when was the first time we met? It was at a, a comedy show, probably an open mic or something like that. This might have been last time this year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it was that long ago. Yeah. Time flies. Right? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Most certainly does. <laughs> you're one of the you're a very funny, funny person. Thanks, Sasha. Yes, sir. And your your uh, energy is if you could bottle it and sell it, you'd be a millionaire. Oh, oh okay. Maybe I can work that somehow. <laughs> you should. Harvest my liquids. Right, put it in a bottle. <laughs> put it in a spray bottle. Yeah. I'm spray sure Mike kids. Grover could do that or something. He sounds oh, yeah. like a mad scientist. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. He can definitely uh, 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 squeeze me um, <laughs> in, uh, uh, through an, a juicer of some sort <laughs> and then make millions off of me. God knows I'm doing enough for that lazy son of a... <laughs> Just kidding, Mike's uh, great. <laughs> next, uh, I, need, uh, I need an activity, everybody. Uh, juicing a little guy on stage. Juicing Jordan juicing with Jordan. Mike Grover. Right. The secret is you got to get him while he's sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> or else he runs away. Yeah, yes and. <laughs> ah, improv. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You're very good at improv, too. It, are you... More passionate about doing improv. Yeah, or I've I've kind of uh, clung on to improv a little bit more mm-hmm. um, than stand up. Stand up is lonely up there. It's <laughs> weird how there's such a rift between an improv performer and a stand up. Yeah, and how there's a very defined choice 
that someone makes, whether they do stand-up or do improv. Why, why do you end up going the improv route? Uh, because I, I really like playing off of other people. Um, and, like, it, yeah. I, w- I, I need to figure out a way to change my mentality where, as a stand-up, I can, I can riff with an audience member a little bit better and play off an audience member. But I, I, I feel so much more comfortable with the people that I've actually, like, uh, done improv jams with and then trusting them on making a scene or a conversation rather than somebody on stage. I see. I think some of it is, in my, in my experience, an improver works better with people in general than a stand-up. Yeah. A stand-up does not have people skills near as well as an improver. Uh-huh. works with a team well. Uh, yeah, and have you ever tried improv? No. What about you, Sasha? No, but I have a standing open door with Bob Bedore, and I really want to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Bob Bedore's good. He's a good way to get into it. And he's, uh, he's one of those guys that does stand-up and uh, improv also. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. That's rare, you say. Um, it, It's... <sighs> Yeah, I don't see it that much. It feels like, well, if you're going to like kind of like do a, a craft well, you got to kind of commit which way you're going to do it yeah. a little bit more. And there's like different rules with with improv, and there's kind of an understanding. There's lingo with both sides and stand up and with improv, so people are, uh, are kind of want to educate themselves so that they can do the best that they can with either art form. Can you give me like for the uninitiated like myself? Give me like a basic couple of rules or uh, an improv 101 it's my first day in improv class okay what what are you going to tell me as the instructor as, especially if you have a stand-up background i'm going to explain not to go for the joke initially i'm going to say like develop a kind of a relationship with your scene partner so that you can kind of draw more from that rather than just like a kind of sacrificing um the scene and co- pulling the rug from under the scene and uh, to to kind of so that you can have a better well to draw from. So if there's like so much in improv where like you're you're like let's say you're trying to play an accordion and you just go you move your hands together and pull them apart and go and it's like you haven't been listening to any of my instructions. You keep doing the noise with your mouth. Don't pull the rug from under them because they're trying. They're doing their best to make a, a an accordion out of that. Tell, tell me if I'm right here in uh, improv. There shouldn't be a lot of denying. Correct. Uh, right. Um, Am I understanding that? Yeah, they say right? you say yes and, and that's yeah. more to create a reality. So, like, if there's a person um, who's in an uncomfortable situation, uh, you kind of want to say yes and to kind of create the basis of a reality and something recognizable for the audience to to kind of get behind. I um, see. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that answered. How was it that you came into improv in general? Uh, I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Maybe you was heard of it. Was that the name of, of the improv group? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the first improv group I've ever been. Crazy names. Yeah, we're the, the Latter Days, everybody. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. I need a location. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and I met somebody. I, I had been doing stand up in high school. And then I met somebody who was doing improv, and he uh, he kind of just opened the the door for improv because when he got home, I met up with him, and we did kind of a three-man improv show, and uh, that's how I got into it a little bit more. And you liked it from there, huh? He's yeah, I never thought that I'd be good at it because I did drama in high school, and I thought not having a script would be the the worst. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I'd, yeah and uh, from what I understood, like, Whose Line Is It Anyway was really funny, but even then they, like, kind of had a writer's, like, a, a, like, oh yeah, I remember that. They show. did it before. Uh, they they would kind of go over their ideas, and then it wasn't as improvised as it was advertised. 
No, no, that's absolutely true, Jackie. <laughs> Jackson Banks is definitely breaking the yes and rule right If now. I can do it, they, they, they're pros. They can do it. I don't understand right. why, they, why would they lie. Why would they lie? Wayne Brady is a liar, man. He wrote those? Pre-wrote those. I don't know if he pre-wrote all of them. But, but more of it was uh, was was uh, pre-thought than advertised. I see. Yeah. Uh, learn, is it hard to learn yeah. improv? Like the first time you no. did it, are you super scared to? And I shouldn't like like I shouldn't be advertising this because I claim it as my art form that I take seriously, but anybody can do it. Really? <laughs> well, so? it the point like the thing is like I think it's hard. to to get like to to charge admission. You you should I be see. funny, but like mm. it's it's mostly just parlor games um, unless you're doing the long form. The, like the Herald or the more the games, structured yeah, one for me. Yeah, is what I've But if there's heard. like, okay, we're going to pantomime and speak in gibberish, anybody can do that at a at a party. And yeah, every, right. everybody should do that at a party. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, Jackie? A lot of stand-ups. Uh, I, just, I do stand-up, just letting everyone on, out there know. Um, a lot of stand-ups have a low opinion of improv. I don't. I think it's healthy for the mind and the soul. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of time it's more fun than stand-up. Stand-up. I mean, stand-up would give you big nuts, you, big nuts, yeah. but, like, improv, is, it's good. We can say <laughs> we can say nuts, then? Uh, <laughs> good to know. Hey, we're getting canceled anyway, right? It's we are! Take we. That. <laughs> Take that. Why do you think that uh, stand-up comedians have kind of a, a lesser opinion of improv? Your opinion. Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, I guess because improv can go bad more often, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I that's the only reason, but I I've always been, you know, very enchanted by that art form and right. I, I love to do it. But I I I think it's I think it's important. Well, I I've definitely seen improvisers think that they can go up on stage and do what they do by themselves mm-hmm. in a stand-up act and that is always a train wreck, but I I yeah. think Yeah. I I'll say right here's space. my my throw into the ring why stand-ups don't like Improvers, stand-ups pride themselves a lot on the introspection of their material, whatever. This is my story. This is what I prepared. Here it is. Here it's in its rawest form. Here it is in its tightest form. Okay, there's a stand-up. Improv, a stand-up will say that's like watching you practice. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Because the improv is very organic. You just whatever happens. Uh-huh. The stand-up looks down on that because they say it's like you're. It's like I'm watching you go to the gym uh-huh. and walk on the stairmaster. Yeah. Yeah, but there that's, are that's there the are attractive argument, people right? at the gym that I do like going <laughs> just to watch. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not saying just that as a bad thing. I'm saying but that's that the argument. Hey, yeah. Go watch you do a stairmaster for days. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that uh, I think stand up is a lot demands. Stand up audiences tend to want more about real life, and uh-huh. improv is a lot more fluff, like a lot more absurdity. Mm-hmm. But that's always absurdity been my is flavor. A good term, yeah. For but that's always been my say. flavor, so I, I've never felt turned off by like. Yeah. Maybe necessarily, there's not necessarily like a, a deeper meaning behind a lot of it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's still. Uh, I mean, if if Freud was in there, he could find some pretty twisted stuff yeah. from any improv troupe. But yeah. I think that, I uh, you know, I'm blanking out. You, I'll give you. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I got a uh, question. Did you were you in any uh, improv groups that had silly names? Uh, the those are the best names. Yeah, uh, I was the first one I was a part of was Out of the Blue, and then from Logan, it was called Logan Out Loud. And then there was Mission Improbable. Oh, it's probably like as, as as punny and silly Mission as it improbable. gets. That's horrendous, I, sir. I heard <laughs> that was uh, that was another group. It was uh-huh. called That's horrendous. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I heard yeah, one that was called sir. Room for Improvement. That's that's good. I loved. That, that is good. good. 
Uh, and then the the it's it takes more of an absurd approach, but the one that I'm currently in is Sasquatch Cowboy. And <laughs> that's a catchy name. Yeah, like yeah, we liked it. Start a ska who's band in, if who's it in that group. Out. Let's see. It's uh, Chris Bodley, Chelsea Mackey. You can follow Chris Bodley. He's an artist uh, as for a professional at, for a profession. You can follow him at Hat Robot, and then there's Chelsea Mackey. You can follow her at Chelsea Mackey. Um, sounds like a familiar name, Chelsea Mackey. Um, she is from Ogden. Mm, I don't know. I think I've seen her. It's really? Yeah. Okay. Has she. she well, done Ogden wise guys. Uh, she's. We've done festivals. We haven't really done any like comedy clubs, mm-hmm. um, but we we have done the the comedy carnival. Um, if you any, saw any of those That's shows, That's where I saw her. Okay. Okay. That okay. Makes sense. Um, and uh, yeah, then and then there's Aiden Steenblick, Joey DeGeneiro, uh, Alex Butler. Yeah. So you don't do any improv with Spence or Mikey or? Uh, n- no, not as I used to do a lot of improv with Mike when we did Logan Out Loud, but um, for, L- Logan Out Loud we kind of passed the baton on to some other people that were a little bit more active in it. Um, I've been busy with doing like some theater stuff, and Mike has kind of been focusing more on stand up and storytelling right now. So we haven't been we haven't played much improv together for a while. But when I started out, I was playing a lot, mostly with with Mike Grover. Yeah. Last Sunday or two Sundays ago, when you did Christian's show, mm-hmm. you and Mikey seemed like you had good chemistry together. Yeah, we're, Mike's my best friend, and he's still my writing partner. It's just we haven't played improv in a while, and that was that was a really fun show. Does he let you play with the script a little bit, or is uh-huh. it like do it my way? Or no, uh, no. <laughs> it, I would love to see Grover get harsh. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Tabra. Yeah, okay, do it my way or hit the road. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a nice place this to is stay. Not a democracy. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's soft. Oh, what was the question? It was, uh, yeah, I got a, I got a lot of room. And the other guy, the, the guy that played my dad, Aiden Steenblick, I play improv with him a lot. Okay. Um, and so uh, he came up with the idea. And I don't know if it read the sketch for just a brief uh, kind of background. It was a kid who, in fast and testimony meeting at church, his dad brought him up and had him bear his testimony and also pitch his wife's <laughs> Sensi <laughs> company. Uh <laughs> Um, to the ward. And so uh, the thing that Aiden came up with that I don't know if anybody saw was like he gave me a bag of Cheerios to kind of bribe me, but in the bag of Cheerios was a $5 bill, and I don't know if anybody anybody saw that, but I thought that was really funny. <laughs> so, But, yeah, that wasn't planned until uh, – until we got there, um, so there was there was some room for for silly giggles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you achieved that goal, sir. I thought Good. You were that was a fun show. Yeah, it was. Jackson, your your movie was fun. Yeah, yeah. I think you need to do what you did regularly, where you uh, yeah, we didn't have an audio any yeah, audio. Jackson, so yeah, you had an issue that where was Jackson was debuting his movie, yeah. and the audio didn't work. So yeah, instead of freaking it. out, you just narrated the whole movie to yeah. the audience. It's a good thing I ate that pot it. cookie, or else I wouldn't have been that loose. But um. <laughs> one thing I know about Jackson, he is uptight. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Usually, I'm pretty just like, no, no, no. I hate my body. I hate my penis. You know. But um, I was uh, no, it was just I was free that night. You know. But um, also, Jordan has worked on my films as well. Jordan once uh, spent a few weeks uh, inside of a da- giant teddy bear yeah. as Garbage Head. It was wonderful. <laughs> he brought that bear to life. Garbage Head is about a giant Christian teddy bear uh, that fights an evil pyramid scheme. It'll be on Netflix. Oh, that old story. Um, yeah, that, yeah, it's a tale <laughs> as old as time, basically. But uh, it'll be told that to around. Me it's not really going to be on Netflix. <laughs> uh, so, Jeremy, why don't you tell them a little bit about uh, my thing? Let's talk about me. Okay. Uh, it, yeah, um, being in that costume was uh, hell. It was 
It was hellish and hot, and I had like the the bear stuffing was still there in my face, yeah, and so I was <laughs> so I was breathing into stuffing uh, for a couple hours at a time. You seem like you'd enjoy <laughs> that though. No, no, no. We, I think it damaged. Uh, I, I think we'd probably be better friends if he hadn't played the role. <laughs> it strained the relationship, but, um, you think? Yeah, yeah, but it was good. Uh, Jack Jackson has promised that if we make a garbage head too, that it will be the costume will m be much more accessible. But um, we'll see if that actually happens. We will. No, we're gonna have a, a breather hole and uh, and a zipper. <laughs> Because before, uh, it was about 80 bobby pins that were reinstalled, <laughs> but every 10 minutes. Uh, stretched production out by a couple of weeks. Um, but you know what? Uh, the movie's got a lot of heart, so if you can't see that, then you can go to hell. Well, it was, yeah, and it was, it was, it was a great... It's passionate. I, I really projects. enjoyed the final project of it. It was, uh, <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, it was really funny. I bet you liked watching yourself run around. I did. <laughs> I look good in a teddy bear suit. Never it's when I'm in my prime. No. I didn't. No, and I didn't show up to the premiere because I wanted uh, d the integrity of the character to remain. You them to think that it, was real. it was a real life teddy bear. Wow, you went way method on this. Absolutely, one. yeah. Uh -huh. wow. Lived in trash cans. <laughs> he is so talented. <laughs> you should title this. He is so talented. This episode. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you're getting you're, you're ready to take your talents to Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, move to uh, the the City of Angels. Is this a goal to become a on the film or uh film or television. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kind of start out studying from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater um, and also Improv Olympic IO right now and then I'm going to just see if I can get on a house team. And then go from there. What's that big improv group out there? The Groundlings. What's that? Groundlings. Yeah. Oh ground, yeah, Groundlings. Are you gonna try to do that? Or? Um, maybe. The the two that I've really been looking at is I O and Upright Citizens Brigade. I really like the the UCB style and um their format of teaching. Um, and I have an in with I O, and so I'll, that's how I'll probably stick with those two theaters. Well, I'm excited for you. I, th I think. Thanks, man. Been, we're think... also we're doing a documentary to follow it. You are. Uh, you're still doing that. Yeah. Um, Mike Grover and myself uh, are going to kind of follow our move there. Because Mikey came in in August. Yeah. And started filming his interview because he was supposed to be leaving in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And so now we're four months down the road. And we're and still here. Still yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> just money stuff. Set us back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, January 11th, um, I'm, I am moving. I'm moving out of this godforsaken <laughs> one-horse town. Have you uh, lived in any uh, towns other than here? Uh, just when uh, I, like the the I mentioned the mission, just Ohio, oh, moving okay. around and around this Cleveland. Be quite the change. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've visited Los Angeles a couple of times, and I've loved visiting there. So I'm really looking forward to moving out there and living there. Oh, great. Fun. Well, Jordan, you're certainly welcome to carry over with Jackson Banks show coming up here in about five minutes. Yes, you may. But nope. if, um, if you're not. Where can they find you on Twitter? Where can they engage with you on social media? Because you're fantastic. Well, thanks. At, yeah. Uh, at Jordan Todd Brown on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you Google search How Do Be Funny, that's the documentary of Mike Grover and myself. It's How Do Be Funny. Okay. Um, and you can find us, uh, follow, follow us on Facebook. And uh, also our website will keep you up to date. And then tell me again about this show that you're, this production that you're doing this week. Because yeah. 
I really want to go. I play an elf in a Christmas musical. It's called one. Yeah, it is adorable. <laughs> um, I sing. I dance. <laughs> um, it's uh, called uh, Juanito Bandito's Christmas Carol. I almost call it Juanito Bandito's Christmas Miracle. You saw a Bandito show. I saw Bandito. I saw the hanging. Of yeah, the yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a part of their Christmas productions, and that will be at uh, the uh, Salt Lake Community College's Grand Theater on State Street. And Sugar House, Salt Lake City. Yeah, that campus. And um, if you, I, I'm pretty sure that the tickets are sold out. But if uh, if you have a prayer of a chance, then you can go to PickleVillePlayhouse.com and uh, just go to their Christmas website and look for tickets there. What is that again? Uh, PickleVillePlayhouse.com. That's the name of the theater where they uh, do their summer runs in That's Garden a City. Long name. Yeah. <laughs> Pickle House. Pickle. Uh, no, no, no. Pickleville. Pickleville. Playhouse.com. Are tickets there. affordable or? Uh, I think they're oh, 17 They're $20. $20 for a ticket. Okay, cool. Does uh, Pickleville Playhouse ever have any, uh, you know, Openings. topless ladies? <laughs> or, uh, Not yet. Like I'll be damned if I haven't tried, though. There is an encore. Yeah. What happens? Pickleville Playhouse is a special encore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, it uh, it's top full, not topless. Top full? <laughs> <laughs> well, Michelle, where can people interact with you if they want to read about the Utes and rivals? And it's really the big time for college football fans because not only do you got the bowl games, but you got recruiting, oh, which is what everyone really cares about. Yes. So, yeah, if you are a recruiting junkie, uh, unlike myself, <laughs> uh, you can go to rivals.com, specifically utezone.com. Dan and Alex are constantly keeping everybody up to date with all the good commits, decommits, all the news that you want as far as recruiting goes for the University of Utah football team. You can also read my stuff there. I'll be covering the bowl game, and we'll have a good piece up there. I'm also working on a fantastic Christmas piece that you guys aren't going to want to miss. Yes. Yes, no it's, teaser? it's gonna be a good story. It's gonna be a great story. No teaser, you can give us a little bit. I'm or giving just a total I'm, surprise. Total surprise, man. Oh boy. But That's it's it's gonna be good. And then as far as social media, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's M Bodkin Rivals, and then Facebook is just Michelle Bodkin. So. And that's B A D K I N, right? No, B O D K I N. <laughs> I'm having this problem all year. I, I can't spell it. He spelled it, it one time with no vowels. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, Michelle, I really want to thank you for all your hard work you've given this show and KU this semester. You never were late. You never missed a show. You never had any divish demands. So <laughs> Diva! I really Michelle's appreciate your kindness that you've uh, showed us, and I am incredibly <laughs> thankful to you. So. Not a problem. It was my pleasure. And Patrick Ramirez, thank you so much for coming in here after Becca left the show. It's oh, absolutely. Such I a fun time. Every second and of it. Having the opportunity to do radio with you for the last two years has just been a hoot. So. Oh, yeah. It's been great fun for me, too. Uh, dare I say a little better than Becca? Can we just throw that out there? Can we just throw out a little better than Becca badge for you? Oh, maybe a little hashtag better than Becca. Forget Becca. Okay. (laughs) She's she's coming in the uh, 9 o'clock hour, actually. We can talk about this. That's fine. You know what? That's Uh, how I talk to her to her face. I love you. (laughs) I said it to her face. I said, forget you. Becca just threw her iPhone against the wall right now. (laughs) I was not very nice to Becca. It was funny, though. (laughs) (laughs) You're not nice to any human being, sir. Not on 
<laughs> and uh, so thank you again, Patrick. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Next week when we're back for our final show here at the University of Utah, Andy Gold will be my co-host. Oh, boy. And that should be rather fantastic. So no holds barred next week, I promise. And thank you again, Jordan. Uh, thank or you. Todd, I'm so happy that I got to have you in studio for Absolutely. the quick minute we had you. So when we return, Jackson, this is your show. So thanks, everyone. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue And clouds of white Bright blessed days, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonder.